everyone dave and jeff on a sunday doing a podcast and to my surprise jeff we have a guest here because you never fucking told me <laughs> well I'll, I'll say this quick we were supposed to have a guest tonight josh lewin yeah um longtime voice of the chargers texted me last night said he's still finalizing a couple of things uh hope to be here the monday after the super bowl that's the day kyle kraska will be here now kyle kraska remember Played a part in getting us all fired at KFMB. Yes. We had a lot of heat. And then Kyle got shot. And people said, did Dave and Jeff they shoot did. him? <laughs> and we will come clean and tell Kyle, no, I didn't shoot you. Thought about it. Uh, Kyle Krasko be here a week from Monday. Lewin at some point is coming in. Dave, I'm absolutely thrilled that our guest is here. Am I sloppy seconds? No, you're okay, never. Okay, you were just okay. 24 hours never. early. I thought you were coming yeah. here tomorrow night. No, <laughs> I was in LA and I got a great message from our friend Laura Kane, who is here, who Dave and I love. And uh, we're stoked because everything kind of worked out perfectly. Hey, Laura. Hi. We, I'm very excited to have you here. Thank you, Dave. Here's thank why you. I love Laura's story. Laura's story, has, Laura's seen it all. We're going to talk about a lot of it tonight. I mean, from the highest of the high, challenges along the way, and now right back old school with a grit factor of grinding on the radio. And I love it because she's so good in the whole deal. But let's have fun, Laura. Okay, for sure. When did you hook up with what you're most known for in San Diego? How did you meet Jeff and Jer? Okay, so I was... Uh, I worked, okay, I got a scholarship at KFMB AM when I was a senior in college. And it was to write news from 3 to 7 a.m. in the AM station. And across the hall with Jeff and Jer, I didn't know who they were. All, all I saw was Tommy. I thought he was the janitor. He, he would be pushing like this big rounder of carts, yeah. all, you know, those big cart right. racks every morning. And one day he came over to me and he, I was the only girl in the building and he said, hey, will you do a voice for, for us? Will you pretend like you're the mayor's secretary? Oh. And so I said, oh, okay, sure. And so I did that and then I had I did a couple more voices for them and then, and then I started doing traffic and I filled in for Cal Walker, you know, Cal yeah, Walker, the great Cal Walker. And uh, I filled in for him for two weeks and Jeff and Jer mercilessly made fun of me. They changed my voice on the air. They taped me singing when I didn't know I, I, I didn't know it. And they played it back on the air. I thought they hated me. I was like, God, I screwed up so bad. I never want to see them again. And there was a party. It was at this hotel and they were there. And Jerry comes up to me and he goes, we want you to do our traffic from now on. I was like, are you kidding me? Wow. Oh my God. So... They left B100, so at the very end of B100, I started doing the traffic, and then they went to Q106, and I followed them, and I remember, I was 25 years old, and I got a contract for $50,000, and I thought I was the coolest. Yeah. Holy cow. For being 25 years old? Right. I mean, I don't even make that much now. <laughs> was, 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 was this the early early nineties, late eighties? Yes, 80s? yes. Okay, the and early nineties. And I got to tell you, that's when I've lived here in thirty years. This year, mm-hmm. that's when I moved here, and that's when I heard Jeff and Jared for the first time. Oh yeah, at Q one hundred six. At Q one hundred six, and I remember him in my car going to San Diego State and listening. Right. And boom, I, that was that was the show here in San Diego. I mean, it was a giant show from the second I got here. It was so fun at Q one hundred six, and then Star one hundred was like i think our pinnacle 
that was the top. That's when we had the remember the roller coaster. Oh yeah, whirl to your hurl, and we had we just hands had, on. We yeah, the hands on the yeah. the car, and then we had all sorts of celebrities come in, and it was it was just so fun. But those days were also not great days in my life. Well, I'm going to ask you that, but I want to ask you first at Q because I remember going back growing up here Y95 when they yes. were Y95. That's where they started. Right. And then to B100 yes. and then to Q. But Dave kind of touched on Q and I want to ask you about Q because you can go on YouTube and YouTube's a rabbit hole. But there's so many guys like, was Jojo Kincaid oh, there? Oh, he was, was a whack job. He and was Chuck Cannon and all these yeah. lunatics were there. Jojo cooking Kincaid. Screaming. <laughs> yes, he was a job. What was he that? was on fire. Dave, you got to go watch this guy. It's, and it's he, right there he was like on so Gibbs, right? Like on that little he, studio, like right on Arrow Drive. And it was the biggest dump. Right. Oh my God, like the carpet was all uneven and it was like all stained and it was really bad. What, Lord, take me back though to Q because okay. Q is, they hadn't quite exploded. You guys hadn't exploded. No. But you're moving in that direction. Right. For you, was it there or you talked about when you guys came back uh, with Tracy and Bob to KFMB and Star and all that, at, at the high point, Right? I mean, you're hosting shows with Regis. Dave and I are across the hall, and we're watching everything go on. And it's great, because Tracy built it like a family Tracy's atmosphere. Tracy's incredible. Love him. Put us I together. I love Tracy. Put this show together. He did? Yes. yes. I didn't Tw know that. 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh. Right after we signed our contract, we thought we were going to get fired. <laughs> we at, at the Christmas party. Because, oh, because uh, Dave's drunk wife yeah. called him Stacy. The one you just met about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, drunk. yeah, she had a couple glasses of wine. and She's she like, said, well, I know it's a chick's name. Yeah, is it Stacy or Tracy? Either way, it's a girl's name, and he's dancing five feet from me. I'm like, shut the fuck up, you know? <laughs> and Jeff's like, get her out of here. She's drunk. <laughs> but at what point did it explode, right? At what point did it take off, and what... Was it like for you to be part of that? Because that was a really cool thing about Jeff and Jerry's. It felt like they took all of you guys for the ride. They didn't say, hey, it's our wave. You guys hang in the back. But being part of that, when did it really go? Well, um, am I wrong on that? Um, well, um, See, when I get in front of a mic, I, I feel like I, I get a, a dose of truth serum, and that's yeah. a bad thing. No, it's good. Um, to their... Um, okay, so they would they would get their own contract. Okay. Okay? And then we would get what's left over. Mm. So they always... I mean, they, they looked out for us in that they would be like, okay, well, we want so-and-so, 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 but it would always be Jeff and Jer only. Mm. And then we'd have the rest of the pie, which was like this tiny little slice. Nah, got it. So that's kind of how it went. But okay, besides that, mm -hmm. I mean, it was, I remember just laughing just hysterically every single day and going, this is my job. And we laugh, we had inside jokes, and we just, I just miss it so, so much. Right. Jeff is the funniest person I've ever met. Jerry is the funniest person I ever met, but they're two totally different yes. funnies. Completely. Um. And I just, I recently went out to lunch with Jerry and he's still a crack up. He's Does he miss just, it at all? 
He, yeah, I can totally tell he because does. Because for radio, for he a lot does. of us, it's therapy. He does. He says, there's so many ideas that I have and so many things that come to my head and I have no outlet. Yes. Yeah. He has no outlet. And so he writes a lot and he writes for some of those, you know, those uh, services that give material to yeah. radio yeah. stations. He writes for them and stuff. Were you guys surprised when he left? No. Because he'd been threatening to leave for like the last three contracts. Yeah. So um, it had been on his mind. Definitely. Yeah. It. Uh, Sorry. Because <laughs> nah, you're fine. Uh, because from a from a listener's standpoint, what it felt like was and, and again, just tell us if we're wrong. Oh, shit. I've been wrong plenty of times. But it felt like there was a void there that you guys tried your best to fill. But it felt like there was a sadness not that he had died, but that there's like where you go, that chair is empty and it's not it's not supposed to be like that because we've all been together so long. What Jerry did was propel the show forward. Right. He was the one like we would meander around and just talk about just random things. Jerry was the one that pushed it forward, that would end bits, that would he was like the real radio one oh one god he came in prepared every single day he had notes he was jeff not yeah <laughs> yeah he's a whole different kind of entertainer but um so yes we missed that a lot and um i i don't know if we got lazy along the way i, I don't I, know i, 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 I don't didn't know hear what that to way. say I, I don't know what to say as yeah. someone who listened to your show for for a long time I mean, and you guys had such a connection as we said you found your niche as we said with the soccer moms yes and he said, if you or someone driving your kids to school, there's only one show you're listening to. And ratings proved it. You were listening to Jeff and Jerry's show. Yeah. Nonstop. For us, when Jeff and I were kind of put together and we knew each other, but we didn't know each other well enough to put a show together between Tracy and Dave Sniff that said, you guys want to do a show. Do we think this is a good match? I remember thinking, we need a third voice. We need a girl. I don't want another guy. So when you say they booted Cal Walker out, it doesn't surprise me at all. They heard that. Too many guys on the radio or too many girls on the radio, you get confused as a listener. Mm-hmm. So right away, in my mind, we wanted someone like you. I wanted a girl on the show. And then when Jeff and I were doing morning sports for Ted and you'd see us in the mornings and we kind of shared an office, but you were there for a second and you're out. I was like, man, this is the exact model that we're missing on our show. And we never we never found it. You know, We never had that girl that could, could jump in with that personality. They felt kind of overwhelmed between the both of us and would sit there and just stare at us if we ever brought a girl on. Uh, right? Really? We never, am I right? The closest we got to that was Mike Costa. That, that, that was, oh, Mike Costa. That was about it. But we never got that, that one missing piece that I always thought would have been great on the show. But too many male voices throw off the listeners. Too many female voices throw off the listeners. There's such good balance. And then Randy was different because he had that laugh. Oh, he totally. Tommy was talking yeah. to that crazy speaker, so you know which one he was. It was easy to follow along yeah. on the show. And the ratings sh- showed. I mean, you guys blew out everybody out of the water. We were all, we uh, we think we think about ourselves in high school. Mm-hmm. If we were all in high school, we'd all be in different cliques. Yes. And the fact that we were all together and got along and yeah. meshed is was amazing because Jerry was like a theater kid. Jeff was kind of the nerd. Randy was definitely the nerd and the outcast. Tommy was the stoner. <laughs> I was, the, I guess you'd say, like, I wasn't, even though I wasn't a cheerleader, I was, like, you know, in the popular crowd. Yeah. And um, so, and then Emily came along, and she added so much to our show, too. And it was, it was just, it was just so much fun. And I, I was at Nordstrom Cafe today with my daughter, and two people came up to me and said, oh, my God, I'm sorry to interrupt, but... 
are are you your Laura Kane, right? right? And I'm like, yeah, she always listen to your show. And it makes me so sad because I miss it so, so much. And I'm so grateful, you know. I'm like, thank you so much for coming up to say hi. That really means a lot. It makes me look cool in front of my daughter. <laughs> Real quick, when when you were doing the show, Jeff and I at times, we've known each other for such a long time. We're so close to each other that a lot of times I'll, I'll catch myself while we're doing a show or driving home and going, this might be the best time of my life right now. Did you ever feel that way with Jeff and Jaren? Go, you know what? This is as good as it gets. I would. I always say to myself, never take this for granted, mm-hmm. because because you know what? Everybody's replaceable. I always had that in my mind. That's what what kept me grounded was everybody is replaceable. And boom, what, look what happened. One day we got walked into the conference room right after the show. Did, did you feel it coming? Like no, we always felt it coming. No, get this, get this. This is Kixie. Oh, okay. And um, can we see you after the show? This is Peter Schwartz. Mm-hmm. No, he fired us. Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, end of the road. Okay. okay. Did he tell you it's the end of the road? No, no. He said this. <laughs> he goes, we were in the conference room, and we were also with uh, Paddock. Do you know Paddock? Uh, no. We, we I called him work. Chris Panic. Yeah. He was a spaz. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so they were in the the conference room, and and. Peter Schwartz goes, I just want to tell you, it has been one of the greatest honors to work with the great Jeff and Jer. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, this guy's like retiring or something, or he's leaving the company. He goes, but today was your last day on the air. And we just all just, our jaws just hit the floor. We're like, what the... And then then they go to the whole thing. Okay, you got to see HR and you got to do this. Like everything else was a blur. I just remember carrying my little white headphones out to the car and then getting into the car and just bursting into tears. It's hard getting Did you fired. start calling each other like from the car? Like did you start calling Jeff or start calling, you know what I mean? Did well, I yeah, think Jeff yeah, and I Tom, had done that move before. Yeah, yeah. Tom, well, definitely Tommy and I and definitely Emily and I and Jeff. Jeff's not much of a talker, phone talker. <laughs> yeah. But um, yes, we all were very much, we and we tried to get a job somewhere to else. To keep the team together. To keep the team together. And then Jeff found a station that he really felt that he could be useful and that's you know K-Love okay and that's a, totally up his alley mm-hmm. because it's religious and it's Christian and he's all about it and so he in October he told us we're le- I'm leaving I'm going to Sacramento and then I burst into tears again because I'm like okay well there goes the show it's done it's dead for good and, and it hurt a yeah. lot. It hurt a lot because that's all I've ever really known. Yeah. It's like the only job I've years. ever really had. Right. You know, Laura, the, the <sighs> funny thing is, like, we were all in that KFMB building, but you were front and center. When Star, I felt like, did so many things that changed radio, and it's never been the same in this town. And what I'm looking back at is the Becky's House angle. Yes. The Jingle Balls. Oh, yeah. Tracy Johnson told me the... Like, it's one of my all-time favorite radio stories, and it's about Bon Jovi, how they got Bon Jovi to play Jingle Ball. And there used to be a radio publication called Radio and Records. Oh, yeah, That not. all of us would read. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said to Trace, I go, you know, Bon Jovi, he goes, you want to know how it happened? And I go, yeah. And he said, January of this year, and this is as we're closing in on Jingle Ball, so it must have been like November. He goes, January of this year, uh, it's my life's coming out. And they were worried about Bon Jovi because he had hit a little bit of a flat spell. They said, Tracy, it would mean a lot 
if you would give a quote, kind of like a movie review quote, you know, if you'd give a quote for It's My Life that we can put an R&R and billboard. And Tracy said, he told him, yeah, I'll do it, but I need John at Jingle Ball. And they're like, done deal. Damn. And I was like, nice. my God. So then watching, like talking to him, and he said, but you don't just come out and announce it. And he said, we got lucky. But he said, even if it had tanked, we still have Bon Jovi. Like, it's still cool. Right. But then doing the whole angle where Christy wanted, you know, Bon Jovi. And it's like, I think back, Dave, to the people that were there. You guys were there. Mark and Christy were Jagger there. Jack and Christy, yeah. New guy. New oh, guy. You know, you know, and just a bunch of people that were so, such good people. Greg Sims and everybody yes. else. Jen and Ricky. Oh, Jen, yes. Rick Morton and... Like all guys that were still here, but I, I always say to Dave, I go, even though we're across the hall, we do sports hits with Jagger and Christie. It was such a fun time. Like when you look back at that, so is that fun. is that the pinnacle? I mean, you guys rode that wave and you were at the peak for a long time, Laura. But for me, I look at it and I go, man, for us, that was a great time. Would that be your pinnacle? The pinnacle probably for me was the the year leading up to when I got to host live with Regis. Right. That was in 2001. And that was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Then the scariest thing ever. Now, are you a Clear Channel at that point? No, we are still at B1, I mean, Star 100. We're okay. at Star 100. Oh, yeah. oh, one. Charlie's like a year old. And, um, and yeah, we're at Star. Yeah. So... Uh, that I think those years those were the top years and you know what star 94 one was also really great Mm -hmm. but in for me in my personal life my life was going downhill fast in a downward spiral so it's hard for me to remember those years really well so uh, you mentioned the Regis thing I want to go to it real quick because that that, that was crazy all of Mm -hmm. a sudden Regis is trying out new new co-hosts and sure enough, somebody we know is getting a chance. <laughs> and I remember I watched it. I taped right. it. I said, I got to see. Did, was it one of those things where instead of getting one show to audition, you wish you had a week to see if you could find a rhythm? Or is it? What oh, was Because no. that one hour goes crazy Never fast. Never met him. Didn't meet him uh, before the show. Okay. He came into the dressing room and introduced himself. And he goes, you're going to do great. And oh, then nice. he came in when it was like 30 seconds to showtime. He came in, he grabbed my hand, he goes, let's go. And we walked through the back of the stage and then we walked out and he held my hand up and then the crowd was there and everybody was cheering. And then we sat down and he knew what to ask me because Gilman, Gilman, yes. Gilman yeah. I forgot. He asked me a bunch of questions the day before, like how I met my husband, this, this and that. And so... We just kind of knew what to ask me. Yeah. And then we had these cue cards for the guests, like with questions on them. Our guest was Henry Winkler and Kurt Angle okay. <laughs> and, um, and some guy who wrote a book about Vogue magazine. So, I mean, they were kind of... Random. Random. Yeah, that's quite random, the mix. Random, definitely. And um, it, it was just... God, it went by so fast and it was so... Um, it wasn't scary because the the audience is really really small. Yeah, it yeah. Like, doesn't look that small on TV, but it is small. Like there's not very many people in there at all. So if you just pretend like you're just entertaining these few people, 
It's not that scary. When you watch the show now, do you look at Kelly Ripa and go, what the fuck? Oh, no. I think she's awesome. <laughs> no. she. That was my chance. <laughs> Get out of there, Ripa. She is funny. I, I, my mom loves her. My mom was a huge, is a huge Regis fan. And um, she loves that show. She still does. And she loves Ryan. She, I go, Mom, do you, do you give the okay to Ryan? And she's like, yes, he's growing on me. <laughs> I said, okay. So it was really special because my mom was such a huge fan. So anyway. All right. So I want to go to something that's pretty wild. Because in 2007, Dave and I get a job at Free FM, 103.7. Crazy thing about that show was we couldn't talk sports. We'd already done sports. And the PD said... Look, people don't watch you on this. It was when Stern had left CBS Radio. We're coming out of Corolla. We're doing middays. No sports at all. And we we were trying to find our way. Well, then what we did was we started finding all these wild stories. People had been shot. We found just all kinds of wild things. And the show started to take off. But what we started to find with that show is that we went on the air at 10 when a lot of the local morning shows were getting off the air, going at 10 and going into syndication. So we were kind of like we had the audience. And it was nice because our peers were liking it, and Dave and I have always liked that. But then all of a sudden, we started getting calls on this show. And we would get a call from Laura. <laughs> and we had, and Dave and I loved it because we knew it was you. And Laura's always had an incredibly high likability factor. And she's exactly the way off the air she is on the air. So Dave and I are dying. And you were so sweet because you would call every time, Dave, you remember this? And yes, it would always of be, hi, David, Jeff. And we, <laughs> we cut it. But this is what I was telling Laura last night. We cut it, and it was in the open of our show. And that dipshit, Pete Schwartz, <laughs> would, say, Schwartz. would say all the time, you know, that sounds a lot like Laura Kane. And we're like, <laughs> what, why the what are you hell talking we, about? Yeah, why are we going to put her on here? Wink, wink. He never caught on. You were in the open every day. <laughs> That's so cool. We loved it. That's but, awesome. And, and I'll ask this respectfully. There were times when it didn't feel like you. We knew it was you. We didn't feel like it was you. And we didn't, because of how much we liked you, we weren't going to lead you down a road. We weren't going to try. To, there were no gotcha moments or anything else. But then it was time to make a decision, which was an important decision for you in your life. And if you can just kind of walk people through that, because it's been amazing. Congratulations. But I don't know. There may be people that don't even know what you did. I'll tell you that it, it got so bad at Star 94.1 that Jerry took me out to lunch. This is when we were um, in negotiations with, I, I forgot who. I th it might have been with Star 94.1, might have been with Kixie. I, I don't know. Mm. We were in some sort of negotiation. And Jerry goes, I want to take you to lunch. I said, okay, great. Mm -hmm. And he sat me down. I remember we were at Shakespeare's Pub. And he said to me, he sat me down and he goes, Laura, we don't think we can work with you anymore. And I was shocked. And he goes, you just, you look terrible. You sound terrible. Um, you're not any fun, fun anymore. Um, and I... Oh God, I cried so hard, and I I was using every excuse in the book. Oh, I uh, I'm stressed because Dave's flying all the time, and I've got a kid, and I've got a baby, and I just made up excuses. You know, oh, I'm losing weight because I might have a problem with my thyroid. I don't know what I said, but was he 100 trying to cut the cord there, or was he trying to scare you into time to get serious? 
I think I I think I talked him into giving me another chance. Mm-hmm. And luckily they did. But it was shortly after that that we moved into a house, my husband my husband at the mm-hmm. time and I. And he had found my stash of Vicodin. And that wasn't the only thing I was doing. I was doing crystal meth. I had been doing cocaine. I'd been doing bad stuff. But he didn't know it. He knew something was up, but he didn't know because I was up all the time. Always up. I, I slept like two hours a night. And so one night, one morning when I was coming off of the stuff, because I was like, you can't take that away from me. You don't understand. This is not, I'm going to go in withdrawals. This is not a This good is thing. you talking to your husband. Yes. Okay. He's like, look at you. You're disgusting. You, you're, what has happened to you? And I'm like, fine. I'm just going to kill myself then as a, as a veiled threat. And I went into my closet. He called the police. The police came while I was in the shower, yanked me out of the shower. I was totally naked. They let me put on a t-shirt and sweatpants and they handcuffed me in my neighborhood at 7.30 in the morning. Oh my God. And took me to County Mental Health. And you know, at County Mental Health, when you get, you get a 72 hour lockdown. Yeah. Well, mine lasted for 10 days. And because they were trying to, Dave and uh, some other people were trying to get me into a rehab called Hazelden. I don't know if you've ever heard yeah. of Hazelden. Minnesota, I think. There's one in Minnesota, but this one was in Oregon. Okay. There's different branches. And so they're like, Laura, do you want to go to rehab? I'm like, yes, please, please. I've been like screaming out loud. I mean, inside I've been screaming so loud, but nobody's been hearing me because they're quiet screams. And um, so then I went to rehab for 30 days and my husband at the time said, if they tell you you need more treatment, you are not to set foot in San Diego. Well, they told me I need more treatment after 30 days because I'm impulsive. That's what Mm -hmm. they said. So I went to Newport, the closest I could get to my kids, and went to sober living for two months. So I was off for a total of three months. Were you buying into the program at this point? Like a lot of people say, I'm going to do it, and then it's just as long as I can bullshit long enough to get out of here. I was 100% in because I wanted it. Hmm. It's not because they were making me do it. I wanted it. I wanted out of that hole that I was in. It was so bad. And I had a baby. Yeah. I had a one-year-old and a five-year-old. And I was... Did you feel... What, when they told you that you were slipping and they couldn't work with you, did you know you were slipping? Like, did you look in the mirror and go, who is this person? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there were times when I... God, I've never been this honest before, except for in an AA meeting. Well, let me let me stop you for one second. Let <laughs> because me, in AA, we yeah. can talk about this all day long. But uh. let me stop you for one second. This is why I think what you're doing is fantastic. Is because when Sam Bass sat there, he had not been that honest. But I'll tell you why I told Sam, and Dave knows it's true. Laura, there are a ton of people that are going to hear this that never, you know, in their mind, even though they probably did in different ways, had the success that you had. And so when they hear that and hear, number one, the fight, the fight that you fought, but more importantly, that you won, you're going to help a lot of people. So you're doing great. Uh, it's awesome what you're doing. And Thank yeah, you. yeah, sure. You're doing awesome. Thanks. It's yeah. not been, you know, the hard part 
started after rehab because that's when my husband and I broke up. That's when I had to live with Tommy for six months. I had no money. I had, he, Dave cut me out of the bank account. He cut me out of this. He cut me out of that. He had power of attorney over me. So like all these financial decisions he was making. And so I had nothing, nothing. And thank God for Tommy. He had the kids. Yes. Uh, Eventually, very quickly though, he let me have like partial custody. I never had to have visitation. I mean, uh, supervised visitation. So the kids would come to Tommy's for a couple hours, like on a Tuesday or a Thursday. And it it gradually built up to 50-50. But that's, I mean, why I did it. It was for myself, first of all, A, and B, for my kids. How'd you get into it? Like, because it, it felt like from the outside looking in, outside the circle, you were living the perfect life. I know. Were you were you fighting the fight to maintain that perfect life or was it how'd you fall into it? Well, I I first tried crystal when I was in college. Wow. And um and then I did that for like a couple of years on and off and then I stopped. And then I met this I met this guy through an um I met this guy who sold cocaine. And this guy was from New Zealand, and he was so thin. I don't think he's ever had a sip of water. Like, he looked so dehydrated. <laughs> and he was probably 10 years older than me, but he was a great conversationalist. And we, I'd sit in his little office. He lived in an office of a construction site. This is where I would go. Anyway, that's where I would get my cocaine and now are you part help me out timeline wise are you on the radio at this point Uh uh-huh yes wow okay um when with charlie when i was pregnant with charlie everything was fine everything was fine at the beginning with charlie um it's right when i had evan right after i had evan that things got bad and i can't really pinpoint exactly why i decided to start doing cocaine okay but um i think it was just so i could get things done yeah Mm. i just felt like and I'm not blaming this on Dave by any no. means because he was great, but he was gone a lot flying. Yeah. And, um, I just felt overwhelmed. And then, so I switched to crystal meth because the cocaine would make my nose so stuffy that I sounded terrible on the radio. And then, so this guy said, Hey, I know this girl that sells this other stuff. I mean, I've, I, I didn't ever inject. Yeah. That, I mean, I fell short of that, thank God. Mm-hmm. But like I smoked it. I, I I would go to the seediest places. This one girl, she lived in this apartment building. She was lived in this studio and there was cat poop on the ground. Oh. And she, she was a hoarder. And I'd walk around and we'd sit in this little corner and like do our drugs. Like, And, and then I had kids at home yeah. with a nanny. I mean, God. Were you ever worried about being recognized? I mean, again, you were doing stuff with people. Um, I mean, blonde hair, easy to recognize. <laughs> we, we all know who you are. Um, yeah. Um, you know what? I would think the 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 urge was so great that I didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't care. That, I, that's I, what you hear is that, Dave. I think, Laura, the priority was the high. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it was wasn't, too, and at that, and eventually, it became just feeling normal. Like I was a human chemistry project. It was like I needed. I remember before going to Star ninety four one, I'd go to the Walmart parking lot. I'd do a line. I'd take a couple Vicodin, 
and then I'd be like, okay. And then I'd go to work. Yeah. And then I'd go right after work. I'd go to the liquor store. And that's one time when I called you guys. This is yeah. what I vividly remember. Going to Fiori's Pizza. I'd, yeah. go get, I'd go get my Red Bull and vodka in a cup. And I, at 10.30, I'd be drinking. Wow. So, um, so maybe you caught me. You probably caught me on a day when I was just... Because I was not myself on that stuff. I was not myself. No, and I was not myself. Well, and I, I think I was the, weird, and I didn't have any sense of humor. Like my humor, it, it sucks the humor out of you. It's, it's terrible. That's interesting. Terrible stuff. I got news for as a person who listens to a lot of people do radio, and mm-hmm. I think anyone like I'm sure people have given you tapes or saying, "Hey, we listen." I think I'm gonna have to be on the radio. You can know in ten seconds if anybody's any good. Like your ear is trained. Yeah. I never noticed. I'll be honest. As a listener, I never you noticed. Never you noticed f- me nasally or no? I did, no. You had such a huge. Or- well, we were huge fans of yours. There's okay. not a lot you could do that we're just going to disappoint it. We liked you every day because you didn't have an ego. Jeff and I aren't ego guys. The Mm-mm. fact that when we'd see in KFMB and know that you were part of the biggest rock band in San Diego <laughs> and you treated us like a normal people, that went a long way for us. I never caught it. Which surprised me because I always can tell when people, as Jeff was saying, people mail it in and, and don't give a hundred percent. I never caught it. Did you ever catch it, Jeff? We, I heard it. We heard it on on free, and that was when it's a really slippery slope that we find ourselves on because we weren't going to lead you anywhere, right? There wasn't going to be any cool. Hey, look, look how we had Laura Kane, right? But we we didn't have your number in our phone. We didn't have Jeff's number in our phone. Who the fuck are we to go like? Hey, I'm concerned about Laura. So what we would do is we would talk to you and have fun, but we protected you. At least we did everything we could to protect you, um, the whole thing. But I remember saying in the break to Dave or, or vice versa, it doesn't matter. Like, we're worried. Mm-hmm. And, and Dave made the point. When we were in there KFMB and we're doing nights and weekends and everything else, the last thing we wanted to do was be in there in the morning, but we had to because being part of Ted's show was big for our show. Mm -hmm. And when we would go in there, you were there. And when we'd go in, like Dave said, you're part of this show that's just on fire. And you were so cool every day. Like we got the biggest (laughs) kick out of you because you're just like rolling in and those guys focused doing their thing, which everybody does. You were just bullshitting and hanging out, being cool. And, and so we cheered for you. Like I said, there was such a likability factor on the air and off the air. But we definitely heard it on free. And then when you checked in, I think there was a combination for us. I think there was a combination of relief. Mm-hmm. But I think more than that, there was a combination of sadness. Like we were sorry for a friend. We were sorry for somebody that we liked and we cared about. That you were fighting this battle. We just wanted you to get healthy. I was worried. I'm like, okay, I'm gone for three months. They're not saying what I'm gone for. Mm-hmm. Some people will probably catch on. But uh, I, I'm like, people are either going to take it two ways. They're going to take it, oh my God, she was, has been lying to us this whole time, doing these slimy things. She's horrible. Or they'll be understanding. Yeah, you're real. And you're people human. were so nice. Yeah. I didn't, I don't remember getting one mean message about when I came back. And so, um, and then when I came back, there was people like you right. that said, oh yeah, I was worried about you. I could tell something was off. I'm like, oh, okay. No, I know. But, yeah. I, 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 oh, I hate hearing that sometimes because I just, oh, 
I just can't imagine what I was like. I just, no, I would say this, ugh. Lord. The one thing about this show is we've always said the motto is live without a rearview mirror. But but it wouldn't be fair to you to be like, ah, no, you sounded fine because it was No, I'm glad you're telling me. So when you come back, now you come back, and I'm wondering for you, the first morning when that alarm goes off and you get up and you're going, but... Right, you can't go to the Walmart parking lot. You're, you're, right, right. Your your game has to change, and now you have to go in. And I don't know if you've seen those guys, but you know when you're when you're in front of that mic and you're getting ready to turn that on button that day. What do you remember? Nervous, so nervous. And I had written something that I was going to read on the air because I thought to myself, I'm not going to have the words that are eloquent enough to to say this. So I'm going to write it down. And so I remember being on the beach in Newport. This is right mm-hmm. before I got home and just saying, okay, God, just give me the words. Just give me the words. And so I sat there and I just wrote, wrote, wrote. And so I had this paper with me, these papers, and I just read from the paper where I was, what I did, what I learned. And and they were so, they couldn't have been nicer, Jeff and Jer right. and Tommy. I mean, they were playing like cool music behind my like behind people calling in saying oh we're so glad you're back and blah 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 blah. it was just it was one of the best days on the air for sure it was one of the most meaningful it was the most meaningful day i think so i I know we kind of jumped around a little bit we cut you off and took the story a different way but i want to go back to to the when when, uh, jerry took you out and he says we can't work with you so so kind of fill in the blank because we kind of we kind of skipped over i'm sure a huge part of the story I went home. Um, I remember before you go home. Did he tell? Did you? Did you leave there thinking I just got fired? I left there thinking I'm going to be fired soon. Okay. Because I had cried enough, and I don't know if I begged, but I gave enough excuses to hold him off. Basically, got it. So he. You know, without saying, oh, I'm on drugs. I mean, I couldn't admit that. That was my dirty little secret. So um, I just remember crying and he was sympathetic and he said, okay, and and we'll see if like, I, I, he's like, I'm going to see if Pam has any books on the thyroid because, you know, I'm like, okay, good, good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I got home. He called me when I later on that night he's like are you okay and so he was really sweet about it so that was um that didn't stop me from doing more drugs because it's just it was i have a disease yeah i'm a total addict 100 percent. that's what i was just gonna ask by the way 110 i'm an alcoholic and an addict to the core (laughs) Uh, Laura checked herself in. It'll be 12 years in March. Awesome. 12 years. 12 years, March 7th. Yes. But it, but it's a day by day fight, right? Yes, because like the other day I was out with girlfriends and we uh, went to this restaurant and they ordered one ordered a beer and then the other two were like, oh, I'll have like your house white wine. And I loved white wine. And I was just, mm-hmm. I was feeling a little sorry for myself. Like the girls are, you know, getting together and they're like, this is like their common thing and here I am drinking water and I kind of feel like a little bit bummed, but then it goes away. Yeah. And that's like the only, and drugs, no. I'm, that I never, ever have a uh, craving forever. So, so that's let, done. So let me ask you about that because, you know, I was wondering, I'm not a, 
not a big drinker, but nobody wants to be told you can't have something either. Like when someone says you can't have a beer, it makes you crave a beer. Mm-hmm. So when you go out with your, your friends and they're drinking wine and you used to drink wine and mm-hmm. you're drinking water, by the time you get back in the car, do you say, I beat it again? You know, I'm proud of myself. I beat it again. No. Or do you go, man, it would be nice to have a glass of wine. I'd say it would be nice to have yeah. a glass yeah. of wine. But then I go, okay, that would lead to another one. Yep. And then it for sure would lead to another one. I'd have three. And then I'd be digging through my phone or I'd be calling people who knew drug dealers. I just, that's, I don't know for sure that that's what would happen. But that is a possibility, and I'm not willing to risk that. Yes. Yeah, living with the fear factor is good. It's funny, Laura. I had this conversation with my kids last night. We were talking about it, and it, uh, not even thinking about you coming on. But I was saying that Dave and I used to be beat up on the Union Tribune a lot for the sports page. And I said to them, I became aware at a certain point that if I got a DUI, my name was going in the paper. Like they were going to put my name in the paper because it's like, hey, man, fuck you. You're open season. And I said to my sons who are 11, I said, that was enough to keep me from drinking because I didn't want my name in the paper. I said, you weren't born, but your mom or my family, Dave, anybody else. So having that, living with that, going, yeah, you know what? I might be fine, but in case I'm not, I'm not going back there. And to do it, is it, does it get... Because I think, Laura, there are people that fight that same fight, but I think there are people that will have a natural curiosity. Does it get easier or is it just maintain? It's maintain. Okay. It's I still go to meetings. Yeah. Um, You know, when I got, I didn't get this radio job recently. Okay. And I was very, very bummed about it because I really am struggling monetarily and just with, kid in college and it's just too it's almost too much so I was really bummed about it so I'm like what is a fr- I got to go to a meeting so at least I know good. what to do good I went to a meeting and then I felt better and that's what I know to do I'm and gonna, that helps a I'm lot gonna, I'm gonna ask you radio and then we're gonna ask you about this guy who was taking you all around the world <laughs> in this whole thing because it was okay. crazy <laughs> But what what I admire, Laura, and I I said this to Dave and I said this on this show is, you know, a couple of months ago, we knew, you know, we know Jeff, we know the show, he moved on. And then it kind of came back full circle Mm -hmm. where here you are back doing Doing traffic yeah, on Kogo and you sound great. Oh, thanks. And I go, man, that's cool. And to me, having grown up in a house where my mom was a single mom. And understanding what that grind is, where you're just doing what you're doing for your kids. And to me, I just was happy. But I'm wondering for you, when the Kixie gig's over, and it's expensive to live here in San Diego, what was it like to say, well, I guess I'm going to have to go back. And when you're back doing traffic and you're there with... Cal. Fucking Cal Walker. Cal, Fucking Cal, Cal taught me. Vegan. Cal taught me, and he and I'm telling you what I thought. Oh, traffic breeze. Yeah. I've done it before. I can do old hat. No, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. There is. I mean, what Cal does, what he taught me, is invaluable. I mean, it's challenging every day. There's so much gathering of information, and then are you five putting, days a week? Yes. Good. Part time. Okay. But um, you know. Who knows? And I have one night shift on 94.1, Star 94.1. Which is when? It's on Sunday nights. Awesome. From um, 8 to 12. That's why we're taping tonight at 12.30. <laughs> <Yeah. 30. laughs> 
<laughs> so Laura could come down. <laughs> Dave and I stayed up late. Yes. Look up you guys are friend. so amazing. Wink, wink. Yeah, shit, so late. Laura, I'm so tired. Wink, wink. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just, I'm trying. I, I have an interview at KPBS this coming Thursday to be an on-air host for their fundraising. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, they, it's like I need to know, I need to talk about something I'm passionate about for two minutes. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll talk about traffic because I'm passionate. Yeah. That's what I know the most of right now. Um. And then I have to read like two teleprompt, three teleprompter scripts, cold, read them cold, and then uh, do an interview. So, I mean, it's just, it, I'm just trying to pick up you whatever got I can. You got yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. You I don't got know. this. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I think it, I just feel like it's a fight. I'm fighting and fighting and fighting and I'm just not getting anywhere. No, like, you're getting somewhere. You just don't yeah. realize it. You're yeah. getting somewhere you just don't uh, understand. Like people are noticing. They are noticing. And when they hear your name and they hear your voice, they it, I'm telling you, it brings back to great memories. But is it a detriment to me? Oh, this is the question. I mean, and I'm not saying this with any disrespect whatsoever, but af- because of being with Jeff and Jer for so right. long. Is it a detriment that I was that girl that was with Jeff and Jer and... I would. I can only tell you from the Dave and Jeff point of view. Okay. If the Dave and Jeff show was on, am I too like attached? No. Are you typecasted? No, absolutely not. We see it on TV all the time. That's right. No, I think she is. I'm just saying it's a reflection, Laura, on the shows, and I'm not giving you the answer you want to hear. Here's why. Every one of these hosts needs to look at who's in the room and say, are you strong enough to keep this ship sailing? And if you can't look at some of the people in that room and go, no, but guess what? You know who would be? Laura Kane. Likeable, story, name recognition, can do whatever we need her to do, bring her in. Who gives a shit? Because my attitude's going to be, even though I knew both of those guys and I love both of those guys, your attitude should be, we're better than them. And if she was good on them, she we're going to make her even better here. Because when she walks out, she's going to go, God, you know what, Detro? Keep your ass up in Sacramento. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. I'm only kidding. I but know. you know what I'm saying? And if anybody is that narrow-minded to look at it and go, well, you know, I, I can't do it, right? We're not the show, Graham. We don't have a guy in a box. Then it's bullshit. The problem is... We live in a market that's full of bullshit radio. <laughs> and so it's a little bit of a slippery right. Radio's slope. never been worse. But I said to Dave a month really? ago. Really? You think that? Radio's yes. never been worse. The numbers show it. People, unfortunately, for... Is it because it's a dying medium? It's because there's no creativity. I think they have bad PDs. I think uh, the, the hosts, uh, creativity, people want to put the work ethic in. People that constantly think they're the best. They're just walking around. They, they don't check themselves enough. Kind of what Jeff just said. Look, as far as radio goes, you're an ace card. But people say, I don't need that card. I'm good enough. I don't need that. You have a following. As I said, when you do traffic, people know right away, I know that name, I know that voice. Yeah. Why wouldn't you use it? You're right there. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I just here. told you. It, but there are a lot of shows where there are big name shows right now who aren't dominating the market, not even close to what you guys were doing. But there's an ace sitting right there. There's a free agent that people aren't grabbing. It doesn't seem like it makes sense. Well, a lot of people are doing the podcast route. The younger people aren't running to the radio anymore. I know that. You know, they aren't watching TV either. 
you know, I know that they're and people are, they're grabbing exactly what they want. So when you talk about even the people are stuck in the carpool lanes and doing everything in the morning, those audiences are always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Are you going to attract the right people to sit there and put the right team together? Because when you look at the radio numbers and Jeff and I look every month, mm-hmm. we don't talk about it on, on this show anymore because people keep calling and their feelings get hurt. They say, <laughs> what the fuck? They get really pissed at us. Yeah. But it has changed dramatically, and it, it, it's, a, it's a dying medium because people don't understand what the winning combination is. They think they know, but obviously they haven't figured it out month after month. Hey, Laura, let me spin it this way. Do you think the perception could be the opposite? That, hey, you know what? She worked with Jeff and Jer. She probably doesn't want to work on our show. And they may think, too... Like, in fairness to some of these shows, they may think you got F.U. money from yeah, that show. It might, right? it might be too expensive I, you know to what? hire you. Here's what Tommy tells me. Yeah. Does he actually talk me, normal? Does he say, me, hey, Laura, here's what I think. When I, uh, when I look at your career, uh, I see like, him every put day. the goddamn box away. I see him every day because he's in the same building. I know that. He's still on that damn box. I hated it. I got to say, that was the one thing about your show. I fucking hate it. You did. I, people love that thing. Oh, my God. That's his voice. No, that's 1986. <laughs> I, but it, Fuck. it still works. Does still he still has sing a, with the Living Newton John or did he give that one? <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember that's, that? Yes. Oh, that was at the coaster. Um... He, now I forgot dude. what you we were talking about. What you talked about with Tommy as far as the perception that, hey, she worked with Jeff and Jer. Maybe she feels like this is oh, a step here, back. Oh, here's what Tommy says. He goes, Laura, people think that you didn't need a job because right. you were with him. And I'm ah. thinking to myself, that is so lame. Right. I was paying my own bills. I was doing, you know, granted, he was very generous and very kind, and I'm grateful to him, but he All right, so really hang, screwed me in the end. But uh, Hang on, you're telling a story, and that's what we want to go into, because the one thing that But you, anyway, that's oh. what Tommy says. That's why he thinks people weren't hiring me, because they thought I already had it in the bag, like I was being taken care of. So the thing that was really cool about Laura is, you know, fearless. On the air, you've been fearless as far as telling different aspects of your life. And one of the aspects that you went through that a lot of people could relate was being single in San Diego and mm-hmm. the dating scene and mm-hmm. everything else. And all of a sudden, you you found yourself in a situation and you really wouldn't say much about this particular guy. And there'd be like, you know, these pictures, there'd be like his shoulder, right? Like <laughs> yeah. all these funny things. But it was really a fun bit because yeah, of yeah. everything else. But then all of a sudden, the guy comes in and you see it. Um, and then all of a sudden, like you're in the back row, of Jimmy Fallon, and you're all these different places. You're in Amazing. helicopters. And oh we're like, my god! We're like, yeah, good for you. I was in Cannes. I was at the Cannes Film Festival. I was in Paris. I was. I was so like, who is Amazing. this guy? How'd you meet him? And what happened? I met him through a friend, um, and she set us up like five years prior. And I, we didn't hit it off because I was still kind of pining for this other guy. Okay. <clears throat> so I wasn't really into him. He came back around. Um, we went on a date. We went to the races, and then we went to dinner. And I was thinking to myself before he picked me up, I'm like, "This could be the longest fucking date of my <laughs> life if I don't like this guy." Yeah. So I get in the car, and I he turns to me and he like blinks his. He has really pretty green eyes, and so I was like, and he started talking. I'm like, "Okay, this could be fun. This." This might be really fun. And then like one thing led to another and it was like we were off to the races, so to speak. Three years later, um, things, there were different things that led up to this, but 
this we had a dinner one night he was a little bit buzzed and he goes off the cuff he goes i'm never getting married and i'm i just looked at him i'm like well what am i doing here then yeah mm. i'm not good enough to marry well, no, we can just we can be like Oprah and Stedham. We can just like have fun and love and live. I'm like, I that doesn't make me feel very yeah. good, mm. you know. And so I'm like, I don't want you to come over tonight. And so I go go back to the lamplighter. <laughs> so, <laughs> what was his reason for not saying he's getting married? Has he been married in the past? No, no, no. He uh, there were different things. There was just there were little things that he he was very distrustful very distressful so this is this is all facts so there's nothing that he can do to me when i'm telling you this story one night three days later i could not sleep so i'm looking up meditation sleep meditations and so and so i just started thinking and i was up thinking like i wonder what happened to an ex-boyfriend of mine I wonder if he still lives in San Diego I was just curious so I just googled his name and I googled address and I just looked around I'm like well well I can't find it I can I guess not and then I looked up more sleep meditations the next morning I get a text there's my google search a picture of my google search and he says don't bother calling me whoa exactly and then we were going to a therapist and he wrote an email to the therapist and CC'd me on it and said, thank you, Mary, for what you've done, but I've decided to end my relationship with Laura. That's how he ended it. A third-party email after three years. And he had my Google search. Wow. What the fuck? Wow. From a different location. Yes, it was like he had sent me a picture of it. Wow. On the phone. That gave me a chill. Like that's like, like I'm like what else? Yeah, exactly. Has he been spying on me? Yeah, for? is my house bugged? You know what that I is, mean? Yeah, exactly wow. right. And I'm like, this is so I'm not I'm this distrustworthy. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, maybe because I've told him too much about my past. I mean, that's my past. That was my, you know. It might have been the best I, thing I, to happen I, to you. Uh, that right there might have been the best thing to happen to you. That it was over at that second. That you didn't something worse didn't happen. I mean, that's that's. I kind of wanted to be a man about it and like come face to face yeah. and say, boom, it's over. I haven't seen him since. That was a Halloween. Wow. Man, I haven't man. heard from him. Haven't seen him. Nothing. It just ended. And it was all because of that. Like he, he must have had anger building up, obviously, inside him for from other things. Maybe other things he saw on my phone. I don't know. Wow. Ugh. But I mean... And lately I've been looking back and going, God, I miss him and I miss the fun things. We did mm-hmm. so many fun things. And um, my daughter's like, Laura, I mean, she, didn't call, she doesn't call yeah. me Laura. <laughs> was, you know, it's funny. That's weird. She calls me mom. I, I always laugh when daughters do call their moms for the first right. time. I you know, hate that. Well, That's you know, not, it's a fuck you. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's like, mom, just remember just the, the bad things. There were some bad things. I'm like, I know. That like I think that just froze me. Yeah, me too. About, like how <laughs> it takes a while to sink in, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, right. it's like, it's but like, but I what think, the. But I think Laura too that there's going to be plenty of people that hear like me and Dave that that never met him, but we like the way he was treating you. Yeah, at least what the public perception yes, was. He was amazing. What that somebody we liked was being treated the way she deserved to be treated. Oh, and then so. when you kind of see that. 
you know, the da 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 da, right? The curve yeah. at the end, like the Dateline when Keith Morrison shows <laughs> yeah. up. And, I love right. Keith. Right. And he had Laura's Google search. You're like, yeah. what? Shit. <laughs> I don't even do that. What's on my Google search? Uh, I know. Cr- think right? about is that. He, is yeah. he on mine? Son of a bitch. <laughs> Dave had my phone. That's it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Laura, what's next? Right? I mean, as you sit here, because you have to. It's, it's like I was telling you, it's kind of the motto of this show has been champions stand up when others stay down. You keep standing up. I love seeing, I think Dave will say this too, your son, another guy we've never met. But so many that follow you on social media, uh, seeing him go to Oregon. We watched it with you and Kathleen Bade almost simultaneously. Yes, yes. Saying goodbye to kids. Yes. And anybody who's a parent were like, oh my God, it's like, but you guys are doing great. Um, uh, before I get to what's next, social media can be such an interesting thing. But I'm wondering for you, has it been therapeutic? Because it sure feels like people send a lot of love your direction. They do. They do. But there's like, for example, I did a video where I was twerking just as a joke because my daughter tried to teach me and I can't do it for the life of me. And it looks so stupid. Someone, you know, people were like, oh, that's funny or, you know, blah, blah, blah. How cute your daughter taught you that. And then one person wrote, fat ass. Oh, my <laughs> God. So, Jesus. It's like the one thing that I remember out of like all the nice things, <laughs> right. all the great things. I never things liked Randy. That people, <laughs> <laughs> that people say. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. Thanks what? But the, so social media can be, it's like a. I like putting things out there and I, and I, and I like it. Yeah. And I do like the positive. I mean, everybody kind of likes to be liked. Right. Yeah. But then you get that one mean yeah. comment and that's all you think about. You know, it's very strange. Jeff and I learned something in the, in the last year, obviously you heard before we started the show, it's, it's been a terrible year personally for us. The people that gave us the hardest time in social media, the people that were the haters, the trolls, when we started sharing more and more about what we're going through and we did a lot of things about suicide prevention and everything else, all of a sudden those are the guys that sent us the most messages. The people that were the, the meanest guys were the ones that were struggling the most. And we yeah, had so really? many. Oh, yeah. So when you get in those messages, those are the ones that are struggling with themselves the most. And, and it was a huge eye opener. It was actually wow. probably the biggest positive to the point where Jeff and I tried to tell people you got to go to a professional. Because as much as we want to help people out, we just weren't in a position to probably give you the best advice. But you realize, man, that guy was such a jerk to us a year ago for two years, whatever. Just go out of his way to say something mean. And then you realize, man, that, that guy has been struggling his whole life or for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Miserable. I, th- yeah. I think you're going to find it because um, when you're talking about what you went through with the divorce and being away from the kids, I went through it last year. And my sons at the time were 10. And the first time I dropped him off and I said, this is going to be really hard on me. My kids don't cry. And as I pulled away my rear view mirror, my son Kate bent over at the waist and started crying. And I was devastated, just devastated. And I came in the next night. I said, look, on here. I said, look, I'm a broken man. Mm -hmm. You know, it's done. Game over. And Dave's right. And Laura, I think you're going to see it over the next couple of days where the people in this audience that know you and love you and are cheering for you. You're going to see messages come in. And I I was saying last night, I was saying to a friend of mine, um, I had the day after that show where I was just like, I was done. I had like 61 messages in my Twitter and my Instagram. And they were just 
incredible. Oh. And I shared them with my son, Cade, and I go, look, man, these guys are all right to us. And then, you know, slowly you start putting it together, and I still have people that check in and say, hey, you good? And I'm like, yeah. And I would tell you if I wasn't, but check in on three other people because I'm incredibly fortunate to have a support circle of people that are actually in my phone and friends that follow me on social media, and I love all of them. And that's the thing where you look at it and you go, yeah, okay, I got this. But I mean, like the other day you were, you were goofing around. You're like, no makeup or wherever you had been, right? Oh, I was at Bikram Yoga. Right. They, I'm, we're looking at this Laker game. So the other night, my buddy, Dave and I, do you remember Alan Horton? That name ring a bell from KFMB? It rem- rings a bell, but I don't really Okay, because really- he was working afternoons and nights. Right. Like he was oh, okay. doing mornings. Re- so he's the Timberwolves announcer. So he said to me, hey, come up and do stats. So I come up. I'm not paying attention to the fact that we're on TV. All these, I, Laura, I had you a- sit in front row, like where right, that table like, is. Right you were here. sitting there? Like right yeah. where the line is. He's but I have a hundred screenshots and everyone, <laughs> I have a dumber look on my face. And I'm like, sit, because I don't pay attention to basketball. My buddy's the announcer. I'm trying to follow what he's doing. I'm not a math guy. I'm getting absolutely destroyed, and I am crying. Like, everyone I look at, I look dumber than the one in front of me. And I'm just like, but I'm like, if you respond to one, I'm going to get 900 more. And Al Horton's like, are you even watching? Why are you so goddamn disinterested? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just blank. I was, it's unbelievable. But the thing is, like, even that, you're like, Shit, where were you Thursday night? I was courtside at the Laker game. Go ahead, <laughs> kill me. Yeah. But social media has been good. Has it been good for you? Yes. Good. It has been good for Reminds me. Reminds you not alone, right? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I want to ask you about uh, I want to ask about Tommy because obviously Tommy was a a big supporter of yours. I bring up Tommy because we're doing the show from East Lake right now. A bunch of my friends from East Lake went to high school with Tommy. Oh, Everybody yeah. knows Tommy. Chula in this Vista, area, yeah, for sure. You know. And He's one of those guys where I think literally I've talked to him two times in my life, but we're Facebook friends. The worst thing about knowing Tommy, if you like anything on his Facebook page, your phone's yeah. going to go crazy for 48 hours. Right. You can't you can't respond to anything because it fucking drives you crazy. Your phone goes <laughs> yes. nonstop. Yes. So even if it's the greatest thing ever, you could save a nun from drowning and you put like, it'll fucking drive you nuts. So <laughs> he, he uh, but he was a big supporter of yours and kind of seemed like he was walked from what we could hear as listeners kind of walked you through when he was there the whole time. Yes, and um, when I was at his house, he was still drinking, and we had this party. He had a party on New Year's Eve. It was 2007, so it was 2007, New Year's Eve, going into 2008. He got blasted and made a fool out of himself in front of like all these people at his party, and his kids were upset. I had to drive them to their sister's house, and... It was after that that he decided he wanted to become sober. So he's been sober for 10 years. Wow. Almost. Yeah. So he's like a year behind me. So, yeah. so we help each other. We help yeah. each other through this thing. And, you know, he's gotten so strong because of it. I mean, because of not. I mean, he's also has a past with drugs as well. And his brothers died of yeah. heroin overdoses. So, um, so he's really, really into this whole recovery thing as well. But yeah, Tommy has been with me through thick and thin. And I got to tell you, my ex did not like Tommy. Did really? not want him in my life. And Threatened by him? Um, he just thought that he was a perv. He just thought that he was not respectful. 
mm. of our relationship. Mm. And I'm like, but that's just Tommy. You don't understand. And he didn't understand. Yeah. And so mm. I had to back away from Tommy and that really, it felt wrong. Yeah. It felt so wrong in my heart and Tommy was pissed and it was ugly. So it was ugly, but we're Tommy. Thank God he forgave me and we're back and everything's cool good. again. And like I said, I see him every day Yeah, because he's at KGB and I'm over yeah. in the traffic center. So what's your legacy going to be? Oh my gosh. Um, probably that probably this whole sobriety thing, recovery, yeah. um, because damn it, if I'm a mom that had a successful job and two little kids and I was doing this kind of drugs situation, I was in this situation, there's other moms that are in it too. Of course. Right. And so if I can help just one person, I think that'll be my legacy. And, and of course my kids, you know, yeah, they're very much, you know, I like I tell Charlie, I'm like, look, Charlie, whatever you do, do not take a pill. Yep. Don't do it. Right. Yep. You don't know what's out there. There's people that make them with a press that they buy on Amazon. Yeah. You know? You know. Oh, I know. That's yeah. the end of my son's life. I mean, Is that he took what he thought was a regular Xanax pill and it had it's one dot of fentanyl and it killed him. Fucking unbelievable. That, and that's yeah. not, that's the second person I've heard, second boy yeah. in the last couple of months that I've heard about that. Well, I think there were 13 kids at Chico State last week. Yeah. Are you freaking kidding no. me? They, enough people have died on fentanyl in the last year to fill Texas Stadium. With the Dallas Cowboys play, oh yeah. my god! And so, and we'll we'll get more into to my thing is I, I have news on on what's happened with the people that have killed Jake, and so I'm not going to get into it now. But there's some legal stuff and some things that are coming down the pipeline to give people an update because people have followed along. But, yeah, yeah. But you're absolutely right. It's the best advice you could give to any college kid because Every- everybody thinks it's not going to happen to me. Everybody thinks it's not going to happen to me, and we. As you tell your story, my family has lived very much the the story you're telling through our son. We've done the fifty one fifty holds, and we've done the police and leaving, been pulled out of the house in handcuffs, and the whole deal. For him, it was uh, attempted suicide. But we, as you're telling the story, you know, we all feel your pain. Jeff knows people, I know people, mm-hmm. and Jeff and my son were very close, and we've told the story on the air. So when you tell it, it's nothing new to our audience, but to hear it from you to show that. There are other people, other moms, just like you said, who are going through it and going through the same fight, just aren't as far as down the road as you are. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important that you tell your story. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you this, too. Last week, I I did all the paperwork, which we've never done, for a, for a nonprofit, and it's called Jake's Projects. And it's going to be things we're going to do from rebuilding Little League fields to... The goal is to rebuild radio studios in high schools and bring radio back. Oh, how so we're cool gonna, is that? Right. The one thing that you have, Laura, that me and Dave and Josh and Rita don't have is similar life experience to what Jake was mm-hmm. battling. Mm-hmm. So I'm just telling you, if there's ever a day where you're like, what are you guys doing? If you want to come hang, the door is always open. You're part of that family. We'd love mm-hmm. to have you part of it. We'll We'll start moving it through probably towards the end of the first quarter of 2019 probably more i would think into the second quarter probably into the summer just time frame but i just i'd love to be a part of that right we just think the world of you you are you're winning that's the thing laura jake had started to win jake had fought that battle and had started to win and made one decision that sadly yeah, the last year of his life is 100 percent going the right direction right. oh my sat God. right there on that couch right back there where that cushion is and we just sat there and we talked about it all the time but the good thing is 
that you are winning, that every day you're winning. That's why Dave and I said, you got to come in here because so many people, you know, remember Jingle Ball or Becky's house, all those great things that you guys were a part of, but they may not have known the individual battle that you're fighting and you're winning. We couldn't be more proud to call you friend. Keep fighting it every day. We've always got your back. This audience always has your back. You sound amazing. And eventually somebody in this market is going to go, yeah, Laura, we need you. And when they call you, it's going to be the right gig. And we're going to be incredibly excited would you, for you. Would you move to another market? I can't. Oh, I can't because of the kids. Because of, yeah, my daughter. Okay. Because I have 50-50 custody. Yes, and gotcha. I, yeah. I, I just wouldn't do that to her. No. I it, just would not. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's funny, but it's, radio's a little bit of a drug, right? There's an adrenaline. Sure is. I say it all well, the time. Well, it's like there's only a certain few people that really get it. Yes. Yeah. And understand it and have it in their blood. Yeah. I mean, we all have it in our freaking blood. Ever since I was a little girl, I was right. doing radio shows. I said, uh, we have a buddy, Darren Smith, who's over at 1090. And I don't know when you're doing traffic. But we yeah, Are they still on here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, There's, I've heard some weird stories yeah. Max, about that. Max, Max is, is off dead. the air and John Lynch is coming back. I don't know. There's... There's so many people impacted over there that, yeah, that you bad. just, we've all been through it. Yes. But I went out with Darren one night. We were talking and we're like, you know, this business, this part of it's the best. It's the rest of it that'll make you nuts. And he summed it up beautifully. He said, you know why we always come back? He said, it's when your thumb's right there before the red button and you're ready to go live. And mm. he goes, nothing. We can't find anything that matches that feeling. And he said, we all do the same thing. You go, <clears throat> Like you, right? Yeah. And he's like, you're going. Yes. Yeah. And he's yes. like, you don't know what's going to happen next. And you can't find that with all respect working at the Glidden Paint store. You can't. It's only one way to get it. Mm-hmm. And if we've been lucky enough, uh, the Gladwell thing. Like I, I said to Dave, I go, look, man, I think that's cool. You fit in this category. Darren fits in that category. Malcolm Gladwell said you have to do something for 10,000 hours. We've all been lucky enough to be on the air for 10,000 mm-hmm. hours. That's cool. Yeah. Like, that's cool. My kids couldn't give less of a shit, but I think <laughs> yeah. it's cool. Um, and I, I go, yeah, that's okay. There's worse things I could have done, right? I've been fuck off for 10,000 hours <laughs> under a cheaper. But, um, but we're incredibly proud of you. That's you. really the thing. Like, you sound great. And when I heard John Kogo, I'm like, yeah, just go in and crush it. Just go in and crush it. And if that's it, then that's it. Be the best You know what the reporter. hard part about that is? Is that I don't get to interact. It's yeah. just spewing information and doing it the best I can. And there's no back and forth, which I miss. Yeah. I just miss that. But otherwise, you know, I'm grateful to have that job for sure. And one thing about kids, you say your kids don't give a shit. Yeah. Evan, I brought her into the studio today because I had to recut something that I said. I Have you heard about the... The Fire Festival. Yes. On Netflix. Okay. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But anyway, I called it the Fry Festival. So I had to re- yeah. go back and recut it. So, oh. long story short, Evan's in the studio and she's taking pictures. And <laughs> there's 957 yeah. and there's 933. Yeah. And she's like super stoked. She's like, oh, my friends are going to be so. Dumb. I'm like, oh, kids still like radio. Good. <laughs> it's still cool. It's still a it cool is. thing. But do her friends know who you are? Do you think? I know their moms. Their, and their moms do. do. Their moms do. But I don't do think, the kids? I don't know if they're old. Like, how old would... I feel like I've been off the air for like five Isn't years. amazing? It's been yeah. like a year and a, almost a year now. You know what's the craziest thing about the building you're in, in the iHeart building, 
is when Jeff and I were there, we, we were there the first time in 2007, and then, you know, obviously we went back. But in 2007, it's weird that the people you're competing with technically for your job are 10 feet away. I know. So right. a, as a guy, we'd walk into the bathroom, you're standing at a urinal, and the guy next to you is your competition. Yeah. It's <laughs> no, not like yeah. that in any trip. other business. In no. any other business, it's no. like that. The yeah. guy you're trying to beat is literally peeing right next to you. <laughs> And you're having normal conversations, and you're like, have a good day. And you go, I hope you fucking suck. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, I just want to be better than you because there's seven you know, companies basically 10 feet away from each other it's that you're weird. trying to beat. It's really weird. It's so weird. All yeah. right, I got to ask you this. We'll end on a light note. From a celebrity standpoint, coolest person, and more importantly, who was the biggest asshole? Did you ever deal with somebody that, that was a jerk? I mean, you guys were, you guys were pretty top. So and you were up in L.A. a lot for these award shows. Oh, man. Oh, I got, you're in the Oscars. I got banned. Banned from banned. what? The Oscars. For what? For what? Oh, God. Laura. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sign a thing that says you're not, you're, you are not to talk about being a seat filler. Oh. Okay. And you sign a thing saying, I will not talk to the celebrities. I will not take pictures. Oh. Okay. Well, when I got called out, I got called out on the air by, um, I forgot his name. What? He, uh, Neil Patrick Harris. He came up to me during the show and was like, are you a seat filler? And I was like, yes, oh. my name is Laura. And this was like on the air. So News 8 and Fox, they oh, all shit. wanted to do an interview with the girl in the red dress <laughs> from San Diego. So I told them all about seat filling. And I had I had pictures with Bradley Cooper, with John Hamm. Yeah. With, I had a picture of me holding an Oscar. Some drunk lady next to me won it for documentary. She's like, you want to hold it? I'm like, totally. We take a picture. Well, they saw all this. The, the Academy saw all that oh, and was like all... You're out. How is that You're a done. bad reflection on what they're doing? <laughs> right? They it's just fun. it was just secretive. I mean, it's just it, You guys did it how many years? Like five. Right. It was amazing. My older son does it for the SBs all the time. He does? And they don't it's, they don't have those rules at all. They he don't? gets a million pictures, he's with the awards, the whole deal. Everyone's <sighs> cool as shit. So buttoned up over there. Yeah. But so the Ellen up. selfie, aren't you somewhere relatively close? Oh yeah, it? I'm right behind. With the famous one with pizza. Yeah. And Kevin Spacey was awesome, by the way. He, he was? He, yes. Of he course, because you're a chick. Yes. No, he's into dudes, though, right? Yeah, the, the, yeah. Yeah, he left you alone. Yeah. Although you're competition, so maybe he would have gone. <laughs> no, he, he gave me a piece of pizza. He was he really did? nice. Yeah. That's good. Um, I'm trying to think of <laughs> who is a pizza. jerk. Bradley Cooper, cool? Yeah, he was cool. He was, you know, quiet. Yeah. Same with John Hamm. Jared Leto is really cool. That's good. Um, and in in the studio, I'm trying to remember if there was any. You know who was really cool is that really short guy that died recently. Like he was like this tall. Uh, oh, uh, Vern, Vern Troyer. Vern Troyer. He was super was cool? cool. Yeah. Oh, you know who was a dick? <laughs> yeah. Was um he's dead too. Was um the kid from Different Strokes. Gary Coleman. Oh, the most angry person yeah. I've ever met in my life. Really? Oh, he was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's his name? He never got laid. Remember, he's he was like 40 oh, something, never got laid. Yeah, yeah, he's backed I'll up. I'll do it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was really, really mad about life. We had a guy that we worked with at KFMB. He fought that same issue and he went on the road. Wait, he didn't couldn't, couldn't get laid? Issue? Yeah. Okay. And he went on the road with a bunch of people and they they bought him a hooker. Okay. And the hooker walked in the room and she walked out and she told the guys, I'm going to need more money. <laughs> oh, my God. That's true. 
That it, did they give it to her? I think they just said, get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, my crack. God. This was yeah. a Kansas City hooker, too, right? God, Dave. I'm trying to keep the story broad. I don't want to diminish the fine working women of Kansas City. Fact that Kevin Spacey was offering pizza. Like, hey, did somebody order a large sausage pizza? Fucking <laughs> Kevin Spacey. You calm down over there. You calm down. <laughs> Laura, you're the greatest. You Absolutely. guys are awesome. We I think love the you world guys. Love you too. And, uh, just keep grinding, all right? Just keep grinding. That's all I can do. That's it. You sound great. And I haven't heard Cal in like a month. I'm like, Cal I think you pushed like, him out. <laughs> no, no, no. You did, Laura. No, he. I took his place because he halfway retired. Oh, good for so him. So he's still doing mornings. But he comes in whenever he wants. He's but you don't have to do mornings anymore, right? Or do no, you go in? No, I wish I did. Yeah. Mornings have a whole different feel than afternoons. Yeah. yeah. It's just so much more energy and there's like there's just a buzz about mornings that isn't there in the afternoon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Somebody's going to find her. Absolutely. Somebody's going to find her. I'm She's available. The uh, you're on Kogo, I hear you in the afternoon. Kogo, but- I'm on 95.7. I'm on Rock 105.3. Okay. And, and KGB. The, and Sunday nights, uh, 8 to 11? 8 to 12. 8 to midnight. Check her out on 94.1. Find her on social media. Please tell her the you heard her Laura on the Kane. podcast. Uh, we love her to death. She's the one and only Laura Kane. You Thanks, Laura. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank yeah. you. Uh, I love that, man. Uh, I just, Dave, I love people that have a little bit of a grit factor. And and she's, she's grinding it, man. Yeah. She's grinding it personally. She's grinding it professionally, and she's winning, and uh, and she's just good people. Yeah, that's really the thing. She's Absolutely, just good people, and been through a lot on both angles. And I just uh, we've known her a long time, but uh, I thought she was really cool. She was cool. Just so you know, if, for, for as you're listening, we, we when we said goodbye to her, we, we let her walk out the door, and yeah. so was, she's not sitting here right now. So it might sound <laughs> a little strange. Like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Yeah, no, no, she's not here right now. She uh, she left, but I was looking forward to doing that. Because when you talk about radio icons, she's part of the biggest team in the history of San Diego radio. Well, I'd, I'd take it this way, Dave. Yes, she's part of that. And from a female voice standpoint, yeah. um, it's unfortunate we haven't had more. Uh, but Laura's one of the best. But I, I just think from a likability standpoint, she's just she's just good people. Yeah. And when I heard her on Kogo, uh, I was just like, yeah, fuck, Laura, yeah. Keep yeah. grinding. Hey, you Somebody know will figure it out. Now, I don't know how people take this in 2019, but everyone has always known Laura was extremely pretty. She's still extremely pretty. She, she was smoking hot. I mean, yeah. it, you're sitting there going, you know, she's been doing radio a long time. As you're sitting there, you're trying to do the math. Going, how long have you been on there? And yeah. you look this great. She looks fantastic. She could do TV in a heartbeat. Yeah. So uh, I just, I know people in the radio industry hear it, hear the show, yeah. hear her, and... I think like I think like Tommy said. I think what others said is that maybe there's a feeling she doesn't need it. She doesn't want it. I mean, I I thought she was incredibly candid by saying no. You know, the deals were worked out where they got their money, and then we got a little bit left. Yeah. And, and anybody in San Diego trying to pay the bills, uh, we all get it. So it's a it's a really challenging time radio wise right now. A lot of talk. I'll just say one quick thing on 1090. We haven't talked a lot about it because of really good people that are impacted over there. And I, I don't want to get into a bunch of rumors, but I found this one interesting and, and uh, I'll address this one because it feels like it could be beneficial to the guys that work in that building that 
a lot of people saying that John Lynch is trying to put a group together to buy 1090. And if John buys it, John had good success from, I never met the man, never worked for the man. I don't know him. But if it means extending out uh, and keeping everybody that that we like so much employed and, yeah. and getting after it, then I'm all for it. So uh, keep an eye on it, and hopefully that works out for all those guys. There you go. And a lot of stuff we'll take care of uh, tomorrow as, yep. as, as well. A lot of topics to go over. I mean, you and I had a ton of things to do. Actually, I thought... Laura was coming on Monday. Great to have her in here tonight. Take whatever we could, but I thought she was going on Monday. But we have a lot of uh, Padre stuff. Your trip to L.A., you got a lot of questions on, on that. Things that are going on. There's some things we'll touch on in a second. But I want to mention the people, of course, that helped this show go and have been with us for a long time. Thank goodness. I want to start with Alan Taylor, Taylor uh. Maypools. I was talking to Alan today. Talked to a couple of our sponsors. Three of our sponsors actually talked to today. Yeah. Uh, Alan Taylor, j- just, just the greatest. Again, if you're in the market right now and saying, you know what? It would be nice to have a pool come summertime. This yeah. is the time you want to contact Alan Taylor at Taylor Made Pools. 20 years in San Diego, and he's had great success from our audience, and he's had great success way before our audience. He's a guy that can fix that pool that you currently have. The re- resurfacing can also make your dreams come true as far as the dream pool that you've always thought you wanted. Make sure you call Alan Taylor at 619-449-4452, 619-449-4452. He's doing something for Jake's projects that I'll, I'll get into later on. Great. I, I will say this. Uh, I have a very close friend in Toronto uh, where it was about negative 10. Jesse Barfield. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> no, I never get that right. <laughs> it was Josh Barfield. Uh, in Chicago, where I was two weeks ago, it'll be negative 20 wow. on Wednesday. Here's what I really love. Fuck you, Steve Woods, because <laughs> taking your noodle arm. God damn, I love that kid. He threw his ass off at that fantasy camp. I was so proud of him, my boy. He's been all excited. And just can you fucking dicks let Woods enjoy his first radio row? How many did you do? Seven? Yeah, about I did seven. about six or yeah. seven. The guy's so excited, and he should be. He's going to Atlanta on Wednesday to do his first radio row. Stop kicking him in his tiny little nuts about <laughs> what's going to happen. Just let the kid ride the wave. Because here's what's going to kick him in his tiny little nuts. It's his old friend Jack Frost. Because old <laughs> Jack Frost is making his way to Atlanta where it's going to be 21 degrees yeah. on Wednesday. Fuck you, said <laughs> ice cold Jack Frost. But uh, 81 degrees in San Diego today. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of you, my point being on all this, is that I know a lot of you are like, ah, it's January. I don't have to worry about a pool. Well, dumb shit. <laughs> if you'd have listened to me in December, that goddamn pool would have been upright today. Yes. And you could have been hanging out. And who knows? Aloha Taylor doesn't work on exactly. Sundays. She might have come right over and had that kind of celebration. So uh, weather in San Diego could not have been more perfect the last couple of days. The only thing that would make it better is if you had the benefit of a tailor-made pool. Absolutely. I also want to mention Brian Curry. Brian Curry, selling real estate all over San Diego County for more than 20 years, wins a ton of awards. He's the guy you need to talk to. He's the guy that's going to handle the biggest investment in your life. He's going to put you into that dream home. He's going to make it so moving is better for you. Right now, so many people have questions about the market, which way it's going. He'll tell you if you should downsize, or this is the time to get a bigger house and the correct neighborhoods. Make sure you call Brian Curry, 619 651 1588 619 
251-1588. Yeah, so much goes into being a homeowner. Look, I don't know what's going to happen. We'll get everything settled at some point and we'll figure it out. But I, I have to admit it, Dave, even though um, I had a friend the other day who was dealing with a busted water pipe, right? Yeah. Somebody, we know it as a homeowner. We always go through something. But it's your house. Yep. It's your house. Uh, uh, David, in, in a little bit, it's like being a parent, right? Where you meet somebody else's kids and you're like, I don't like that kid at <laughs> all. God, that is an ugly kid. And then you have your own kids and you're like, well, look, these guys are a couple of little dipshits, but I sure <laughs> like having them around. Um, it's kind of like that with being a homeowner where, where all of a sudden you're paying rent someplace and you go, well, this is okay. It's not great. Don't really care. Disposal breaks. I call the fucking super uh, Brett Weir and he'll show up with his fucking tools and then uh, there's Jerky Boys for you. Remember okay. Brett Weir? Yeah, that's right. Remember that's right. Brett you Weir? caught me. I'm like, I know that name. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, but that's when funny you, as shit. But when you have your own, you go, fuck, man, I got to get this yes. shit fit. Like, it just, it just gives you a little bit of a different vibe. Absolutely. That's really, really cool. And and you like it. And it's yours. And But to do it. A lot of work goes into it, and that's why you need our friend Brian Curry to help you every step of the way. Absolutely. Daniel Tyler from Superior Fence Company. We just talked to him today for a long time. We're going yeah. back and forth. If you recall, when I got this job coaching high school baseball, and, yeah. and Jeff's been with me when I bother the CIF Commissioner Jerry Schneep, I say the same thing to the point where Jerry says, don't even bring it up. Yeah, leave me alone. I, and what I always say all the time is, you need a fence to cover the faces of these boys right. in, these, in these baseball dugouts. Somebody's going to get hurt. Ball right. shoots in there all the time. And so Daniel Tyler on a Sunday comes down and he measures no the dugouts for me, comes all the way down from North County, comes all the way to the South Bay, measures the dugouts and says, how tall do you want this fence? And I go, well, let's see if the tallest kid on my team is six, five, I want at least a seven foot fence to protect the kids. And he's like, consider it done. I go, how much is it going to cost? He goes, consider a, a donation by Jake's projects. Oh shit. Daniel Tyler's as good as it gets. Okay, so I'm telling you right now, Daniel Tyler's your guy for the fence you need. You name what, what kind of material you want, what color you want. If you want the iron gates in front of your house, on the side of your house, he does so many different things. He says this all the time. Every job is an easy job, and he's great at what he does. Again, here's the number. There's only one guy to use. I mean, you talk about just a fantastic person. Daniel Tyler's number is 760-745-4846, 760 760- Seven four five four eight four six. San uh, Superior Fence Company. Daniel Tyler's the owner. Yeah, I love it. And when you have that house that you own, you want to have the ability to leave your stuff out, right? Your yep. kids want to have the ability to leave their bike out in the front yard or their football out or do those kind of things. It's just that feeling of security, Dave. And it's kind of a drag, but all of a sudden now you feel like, man, you need that extra level and. You want to protect your kids, your pets, the whole gig. And so that's why I love what Dan does. When I buy my house, what I told Dan I want. Remember old school Qualcomm where they had the signs up above by the scoreboard that would change, right? They'd be like PSA. Yeah. And then they'd change. It'd be like Smokey's Bar and Grill. That's what I want. And I'm going to I'm gonna have Dan put that fence around my house and it's going to spin. Yeah. And it's going to... Uh, Honor some of the good uh, establishments in town. Little Darlings. <laughs> Chico Club. Chico Club. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe a yeah. marijuana dispensary. <laughs> I 
think that'll be good. That'll be good. Or maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know, one of those places. But we'll figure it out. We'll make a side deal and all the kind of fun stuff. But more importantly, uh, it's going to look great. It's going to protect your stuff. Give Dan a call. Absolutely. And don't forget about Barkley Landscaping. They were the first guys to jump on board. Ryan Barkley saw him this afternoon. Always great seeing Ryan. You're here at my house. You see, I got a new front lawn. He took Love care it. of it for me. It's all green, all I ready took a to leak go. In it right when I, got I appreciate it. it. You and me the and fucking the rabbits. rabbits. You son of a bitch. We just whipped it out. <laughs> Cross swords. Now I gotta get the hose. That's what he said. If those rabbits piss on that lawn, you freaking get the hose. Oh, so here you go. Barkley Landscape, Scott and, and Ryan doing great things. Again, more than 35 years of doing landscaping all over San Diego County. Make sure you give Ryan a call. 619-669-8000. 619-669-8000. Absolutely love it. And when it's 81 degrees out, even after a week of rain and... Yep. Moisture in the air. Guess what happens quick? Things start to dry out. Things start to dry out. It doesn't look that good. Dave's front yard looks great. But I always tell you, remember, man, if it's 81 in January, what's it going to be in March? What's it going to be in April consistently? Make sure your property lines are safe. Nobody better than the guys at Barkley Landscaping. And then when you're doing it, Dave, ask yes. them about what's the availability of having a nice lemon tree put in. <laughs> Ryan will tell you. I don't say, what? <laughs> Jeff said to ask you about having a lemon tree. Fuck. I'll look into a goddamn lemon tree. That goddamn guy. That's what he'll say. Yeah, ask him. Hey, Barkley, I need a lemon tree. Lemon trees are great. Cool, refreshing, Dave. Nothing cool, but lemon. refreshing. Give my pals at Barkley some goddamn lemonade <laughs> when you're leaving those 80-foot-high tumbleweeds in the back that Ryan's got to go fight through. And clean up your dog shit before my boy gets over there. God damn it. What happened to old-fashioned common courtesy? And finally, I want to mention Kyle Fluger, that website right there that you thought about doing. You needed to fix it because you tried to do it yourself and realized you aren't very good at it. Kyle's your guy to make your business look that much better. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Going to be doing great things. Our website looks great at DaveAndJeffShow.com. We have more content coming up. JoJo Tarantino continues to send over the blogs, which have been great. Um, and then we will be adding some photos and some live music and some other things are coming on DaveAndJeffShow.com. And then right behind that will be jakesprojects.org. But take a look at the sponsor page on our website where you can see what Ryan and the guys are doing at Barkley Landscaping. See what Brian Curry's doing. See what Dan Tyler's doing. See what Al Taylor's doing. Then check out our friends uh, uh, at Alpha Project, right? At, yep. at Rancho Coastal, Humane Society, the whole thing. And, and yeah, just check it out and do the right thing. All right, thank you very much. Tomorrow's show is going to be filled with what I know a lot of people want to know about Manny Machado. You have $1,000. About the Padres, about the brown uniforms, about everything that's going around. We've got a lot of Padre talk for you on the next one as well. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay.
Sai 